All right, we're rolling. Yo, welcome everybody once again to another episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. It is your fiendish hosts here, Derek and Johnny. Hello, uh, it's me. It's spooky season. The fiend. The fiend. Bray Wyatt, the wrestler, is no longer wrestling under the moniker The Fiend. That's now Johnny. That's enough wrestling talk for this episode. We are contractually obligated to sneak it into every episode, and we just did it. Thank you for joining us. Acknowledge me. I'll acknowledge you. Was that to (laughs) me, or was that to the fans? That was to the fans. Okay, everybody out there. it's the Roman Reigns bullshit. Oh, okay. See, I'm not not up to snuff. Anyways, we have a special episode planned for today. We're going to be getting into all kinds of spooky stuff. With our special guest, tattoo artist, and uh, psychologist, uh, Veronica Sweeney. She has a degree in psychology, and she's come to talk to us about dreams, and in particular, something that you've brought up many times on this show, sleep paralysis. Spooky. Yeah, it's spooky stuff. Uh, You've been dying to talk about sleep paralysis for, for many months. I had a great time. Yeah. I never got to uh, ask you if you actually suffer from sleep paralysis or not. Well, uh, we kind of go into the interview. I sleep on my back. And so I occasionally, uh, yeah, something like wakes me up halfway through the night. I will have a a sort of vision. Mm. But it's not like I don't have them often. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the cryptid smile dog, which I had never heard of. It's totally scary. And uh, we're going to talk about tattoo culture as well. I'm going to ask some questions. We, we kind of get into, you know, what Veronica does for a living and uh, some common misconceptions people have about getting tattoos or what people think about people who have tattoos. We're going to dispel all the myths and talk about sleep paralysis. So hopefully if you suffer from this, we're going to wake you up. It's a wild, wild episode of Mega Strange. And we thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody, we are here with our special guest today, tattoo artist, um, aspiring SoundCloud rapper, and friend of the show, Veronica. Veronica Sweeney, welcome. Thank you. Gucci baby on SoundCloud. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you for being here. Um, I don't even know where, where to begin. We have so much ground to cover today. First of all, let's say you've come in with some research prepared. You, yeah. you do a lot of things. You wow. do a lot of things. You're a tattoo artist. You're here, uh, to outdo Johnny. Oh no. He hates doing research. I hate doing research. <laughs> I suck at it. You took, um, initiative took the pressure off him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, I'll, I'll uh, do all your research. No worries. Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we're just going to be shooting the shit, talking about all kinds of things, spooky stuff, paranormal stuff. You also have a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of speak from authority. It's not like you just Google this stuff and recite articles like me and Johnny do. With, uh, yeah. I do my fair amount of Googling as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least there's some sort of like research background there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You also, as we mentioned, are a tattoo artist, and we were just talking for a little while before we started rolling, and you said you could talk our ear off about tattoos. How's the world of tattoos going? How are <laughs> going th- good, yeah. yeah. Going great. Um, business is good. Um, I've been in tattoos for about like five years now, um, but I've only been licensed for a little over a year, so um, the way that 
tattoos work, you have to do an apprenticeship. There's a lot going on before you actually get your license and you're able to start taking clients and tattoo. So I'm fairly new professionally, um, but I've done a lot of research and my whole life is pretty much like about tattoos. And so I know a lot about it. Seen every episode of Ink Master. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you go on Ink Master? Oh, yeah. Um, I've applied a couple times. They haven't answered me. Well, maybe after they see this show, they'll see your star power. Who's that dude with like the, uh, the toothpick and oh, the mustache? Uh, I always want to call him Josh Peck, but that's not right. Oh, yeah. It's something Peck, right? Oliver Peck. Oliver Peck. Yeah. <laughs> dude. So as a tattoo artist, do you uh, ever have, the, do you, do you, I don't assume you talk shit on other people's tattoos if you see a bad tattoo. I try not to, but sometimes it's just like really bad. And I'm just, I've just got to know like what happened here. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you do a lot of cover-ups of really bad tattoos as I well. Do. Yeah. Is there one in particular that stands out as like the worst tattoo you've ever witnessed in your life? And I'll, and I bet I could top yours, whatever it is. I have one in my mind yeah. off the top of my head, but um, we'll swap stories. Worst tattoo you've ever seen. As soon as you said that, it popped right into my head. It was one of the more recent ones that I've done, this guy had a pinup. Um, I guess you could call it a pinup, but it was just honestly the worst tattoo I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And um, I had to ask him like, what, where did you get this? Like he had other tattoos that were pretty decent. So I was like, how did this happen? Like you clearly know what good tattoos are. And um, he was like, oh yeah, the guy, like he usually was pretty good, but he was just like too drunk that time. And that was the whole story is the person was drunk. So what what him. was the pinup? Was it like a sloppy Betty Page, like melting? Or? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, my God. It, it's on my page. But it's um, it was just an outline of a girl, and she had her arms up. And it was barely an outline, like no shading. And the outline was done really poorly. Yeah. And the anatomy was wrong. And everything was bad. <laughs> nice. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. That, <laughs> that sounds like my first tattoo. Um... <laughs> You know, I got my first tattoo when I was 18 years old in the master bedroom of my first apartment. I, I was delivering pizza and I got a text message uh, while I was at work. I was like, you want to get tattoos tonight? And I was like, hell yeah. Uh, and it was just like my friend's brother had got a tattoo gun. So we got it in that bedroom. The outline wiped off. It hurt really bad. I've already told you this story. Um, it's a Star Wars tattoo. It's right here. It's like super ugly. I'm not going to show it on camera. But you can go back and watch uh, old Mega 64 videos and you can see them. See my tattoo. You see the shitty tattoo that I have. Johnny, you, you don't have a tattoo. Uh, I have zero tattoos. I've been trying to convince you to get one for the oh, past good. like week and a half. Yeah, I'll hook you up. No, I'm good. <laughs> Johnny, you're sitting here with the tattoo artist. I've just, I've had ideas for tattoos and I always, uh, my, my process is like wait a year and see how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I've never had an idea that like after that year where I've been like, hell yeah. I've heard that advice before. And I just like, I'm always like afraid of just committing to something. And then like a year later being like, oh God, I hate this. It's just on me permanently now. Well, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I have some awful tattoos. Most people with a significant amount of tattoos have at least one or two questionable ones. Mm. Um, I don't regret any of my bad tattoos, even if it's like something that I don't really care about anymore. I did at the time. And it's just something to look at that reminds me of the place that I was in my life at the time that I got it. Um, not trying to peer pressure you. No, no, I would no. never tell somebody like, you have to get this tattoo. <laughs> I am a bad influence. Mm. I'm always like, you should think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
You're talking to a tattoo artist who's trained in psychology. Oh, dude. So. I think you're gonna walk. We get Jedi mind tricked into a tattoo. Craving, dude. Oh god, tattoo. I have my machine now. Oh no. (laughs) Um. So on Instagram, you can plug your Instagram. By the way, I think people should check it out, especially if they are interested in tattoos. Totally. Um. So my tattoo page is Veronica, spelled with a K, V E R O N I K A underscore Tokyo Black, which is the shop that I currently tattoo at. Mm -hmm. Um. Tokyo, T O K Y O B L A Q is how that's spelled. Spelling's all fucked up. Nobody's going to be able to figure that out. We'll yeah. put it on. I'll we'll on we'll spell it out for people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you you um, you kind of specialize in certain kinds of tattoos. Yeah. Um, so I'm very fortunate. I'm at a point in my career where I can just focus on subject matter that I'm interested in. Um, so most of the tattoos that I do have something to do with pop culture, cartoons, anime, um, cute shit. I love doing like feminine tattoos with a lot of like glitter and pink and girly stuff. Um, and I have enough clients that I can support just tattooing only that stuff. So it's awesome. Um, but also I've seen what you call cursed tattoos. <laughs> oh no. Uh, can we talk about that? Sure. Um, I mean, I love funny tattoos. I think that if you're going to dedicate space on your body to a joke you hearing this <laughs> i think that makes you really awesome so if you have a tattoo that's just like absurd or just dedicated to something funny like that just automatically makes you awesome Johnny? so probably Johnny? are we thinking about a specific tattoo um no. i th- i saw space ghost flying with tacos on your instagram and you did like the hyper realistic sonic yeah, uh bef- sonic. before the redesign yeah um i was like one of the first ones on that train. I've never seen another ugly Sonic tattoo that that I liked, but yeah, I did one. I did an ugly Sonic um, as an homage to the the fallen, um, the original <laughs> yeah. ugly Sonic. R.I.P. Yeah. All R. those teeth. Rip <laughs> rig. Teeth. Rip rig Sonic. <laughs> we were we we're praying for you to rise in glory once again. <laughs> um, can I talk, Johnny? Can I expose? This is the last thing I'll say about your tattoo journey. Okay. The idea for a tattoo that you told me a few weeks ago. Is it my penguin? Yeah. Oh, no. I won't share it if you don't want No, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Uh, a penguin with the misfits uh, fiend on its belly. Yeah. I could put a picture up of it, but uh, I saw it on Tumblr like five years ago, and I thought it was cool. But I've since seen people with the tattoo, Yeah. and I was like, mm, I don't know. See, every every couple of years I have an idea and I'm just like, oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> well, I have the, the Star Wars uh, Rebel Alliance insignia and I see people with that tattoo all the time. And they are not people that I want to be associated with even remotely. But, you know, uh, I, I guess I'm not selling you. Like, <laughs> no, you, you want to hear something fucked up? I don't know if you know about this, but right. uh, as I'm I'm a, a Jewish person, uh, you're, you're, you can't get buried in a Jewish graveyard if you have tattoos. Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a Christian, <laughs> as a former Christian, Catholic, actually, I guess there's a difference. The Bible says you're not allowed to get tattooed either. Yeah. Uh, no craven images can be uh, put on your skin. I don't know what it is about Jewish graveyards, but uh, as a thing, uh, my, uh, yeah, my dad is bummed. 
because he has tattoos. Oh, well, yeah, that's a legitimate I, deterrent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, but it's hard because I'm like I'm not religious at all. But yeah. like I think about like that shit's just like ingrained in my brain. And so I, every time I ever, anyone's like, "Yo, get a tattoo," I think about that. I'm like, so mm. who has the job uh, to inspect the bodies for tattoos after they've died? I mean, because you I can hide a tattoo. What if it's on your butt? What yeah. if it's on your scrote, dude, or your gooch, <laughs> or like in between your big and middle toe? I bet there's people who've lied. Like, yeah. there's no way. There's and then they fucked up the whole cemetery, sanctity, yeah. sacredness of it. That's true. Uh, I'm going to get heavy here for a second. Okay, yeah. Because this is real. Uh, I've heard that Holocaust survivors weren't able to be buried in Jewish cemeteries because of the, oh, the tattoo. No. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for watching. No. <laughs> wow. That's we That's need we fair. need to change the religion. That's yeah. what I say. I think we need to let uh, allow tattoos in there. You know what? I think if Jesus came back, he would want a tattoo. I think Jesus would get tatted. Yeah. I think he would. He would, would have like a fucking do. he'd have a big cross <laughs> on his back. And, yeah. And he, it would say like Jesus didn't tap or something. He could just get one of those inspirational Christian shirt slogans like tattooed onto him. Like, uh, you know, like nail this. <laughs> it's a picture of himself. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I was going to go off on a bunch of Jesus jokes, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. All right. Well, um, Veronica, you're a fan of the show. Yes. You, um, you're a fan of paranormal things in general. Yep. And I've been led to under, uh, to believe and understand that you've experienced your fair share of paranormal activity in your time. And you have a couple of stories to share with us. Yeah. Uh, about some of your experiences. Definitely. Um, I have, I've experienced a lot of paranormal things. Um, most of what I've prepared is about sleep paralysis. Um, so when I was younger, I used to think that I was being like haunted by demons before I knew what it was. Because um, a really common occurrence with people who experience sleep paralysis is to see demons and evil creatures. Mm -hmm. um, and before I really knew what it was, actually I learned in a class in psychology, um, that's how I found out what sleep paralysis was when I took this dream class. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not being haunted by demons. Um, <laughs> that must have been a relief. It was. Do you, do you, did you, uh, did you actually have a, that moment in class where you were learning about this stuff and you flash back to totally being yeah. a child in bed and seeing these things at night? Yeah, so uh, I've been getting sleep paralysis maybe like once or twice a month for almost my whole life. I remember the first time it happened. Can you describe for people out there who don't know what sleep paralysis is, what, yeah. what it, how it can manifest? Yeah, so um, sleep paralysis, manifest differently on every person. Sometimes people see figures and um, sometimes they're evil, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you don't see anything at all. But basically what happens is during REM sleep, um, your body paralyzes you so that you don't like out, like act out your dreams. Um, and sometimes something misfires or gets messed up and um, you become like partially conscious. So usually when I get sleep paralysis, I can see the room around me that I'm in. Mm. Um, and side note, apparently my eyes are open when I have sleep paralysis. <laughs> um, so I guess that's how I'm able to see the room around me. And um, when it happens to me, usually there is an entity um, 
like some kind of evil spirit or demon and um, I'm unable to move or wake myself up. And um, yeah, it can be really scary if you don't know what's happening. So the first time it ever happened to me, I remember it was the year 2000. So I was eight years old. Um, I remember it super clearly because it was like a pretty traumatic experience. But I was eight years old, it was New Year's and I was visiting my dad in Louisville, Kentucky. So I was outside of my regular element which is a factor. This was a uh, new year's Eve in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly where I was when this, when this story took place. Really? Well, yeah. Cause I have memories of new year's Eve in the year 2000 as well. Mm -hmm. So that's just a side note. I don't know. Weird connect. Now I'm visualizing where I was, where this story was happening. Super interesting. Yeah. The birth <laughs> of my sleep paralysis, the okay. year of 2000. Um, yeah. I don't know why I remember little random details, but I just, I remember it super clearly because it was like the first time it happened. I was like, what the heck is this? So I was probably eight years old, um, sleeping in a new bed that I never slept in. And at first I woke up and my body just felt really heavy or I thought I was awake in my mind. Um, but this was all happening just in my mind. And I woke up and I couldn't move. And I tried to like drag myself out of the bed and stand up and I collapsed on the floor in my mind. And um, I kept trying to like get help or like crawl to the door and I was like, what's happening? Like I'm paralyzed, I can't move, why can't I move? And I couldn't speak or scream either. And um, then I became in this loop of waking up, but I wasn't. It was like in the movies where like, they're like, no, this was the dream. No, that was the dream. Yeah, that a dream within happening. a dream. Yeah, like dreamception and I couldn't, break out of it and it seemed like a really long time i don't know how much time actually passed in real life but um finally i woke for real and i was scared to go back to sleep after that and um i didn't see anything that time but that was just the first time that i ever experienced that like not being able to move um wow i've i've had similar experiences um where i was unable to wake up or yeah knew that i was dreaming and wanted to wake up, was unable to. But you actually, you dreamed you were in your room and it was. I could see the room that I was in. Oh, cause you were, yeah, you, I your eyes were open. Mm -hmm. You sleep with your eyes open. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> when, when you're paralyzed, when you sleep yeah. paralyzed. So I don't know how common that is either to have your eyes open, but um, yeah, people who've seen like my attacks tell me that my eyes are open. Johnny, have you ever experienced anything like this? No, but I'm super interested as well in sleep paralysis. Uh, yeah, I think people tend to have their eyes open. Um, I think that's what starts it. Cause like you said, uh, your body releases that stuff where you can't move. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a couple of like very specific things that a lot of people have claimed to see. Um, I know a, a ton of people will feel heaviness on their chest mm -hmm. and, uh, so sometimes people hallucinate like a woman on sitting on their chest looking at them yeah. and people call it the sleep paralysis hag. I didn't come up. Yeah. I didn't come up with the name. Um, How dare you disrespect <laughs> uh, the sleep paralysis queen. And then there's uh, the, the, the man with the hat that people mm -hmm. say that they see a lot. Um, very terrifying. Uh, I think it's just, a, you know, your 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 brain releases something when you're dreaming and I think it's still happening. As you open your eyes and, you know, it just adds. To I would the like to point out that it's also a common ghost story to feel like a, a ghost or demon or entity yeah. sitting on your chest. So how many, you know, does this change 
how we feel about hauntings. There's definitely some crossover, I believe. Yeah, the more you understand about sleep paralysis. Let me ask you, Veronica, flat out, point blank, let's get to the brass tacks of the issue. (laughs) Let's get down to the bottom of this bullshit. (laughs) Is sleep paralysis a psychological effect just within your mind, like a hallucination? Or, I guess this you can't answer this question now, I realize... But do you believe there could be a paranormal aspect to it? Something paranormal about it. Do you believe that there is crossover with ghosts and other entities? You know, I I think, sorry, um, the most interesting about it and all paranormal stuff is I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I think that's what makes it so interesting is we can't give an answer because there are some things that are really unexplainable about it. Like why so many people see the hat man mm. or see like the same imagery. By the way, I've seen the hat man. Okay. So we could talk about that. That's cool. Um, I've seen something similar to the hat man. It was like the hat man without his hat. So <laughs> yeah, I just saw shadow the, people. The yeah. Man. Yeah. Shadow shadow, people. Definitely a shadow person. Yeah. And so there are loose explanations for why sleep paralysis happens. But as far as why it's usually something bad. And evil, we scientists don't know. Okay. Like, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I tried. We got a psychologist on the show. I asked him if demons are real. The answer is we don't know. Maybe. I should have seen that coming. No, the unknown. That's that's what's great about it. <laughs> so what? who are the characters, uh, this rogues gallery of sleep paralysis um, demons that, you know, keep showing up time and again? Mm-hmm. Um, so European cultures... Um, they see the old hag. Wait, they have different? Different cultures have different characters Jeez, yeah. that they see. It's like see. territories. Yeah, so in Western Regional society, champions. <laughs> All right, it's okay. kind of, no, it's interesting how a group of people will see the same thing. Yeah. And they think that it's probably cultural influence, like what scares that <laughs> culture, what's scary to that culture. So um, European cultures see the old hag. Um, I haven't read anything about this, but personally, I feel like it's because a lot of their ghost stories have a character called Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Bulgarian, and so like we're familiar with Baba Yaga, who's just like an evil old witch. Mm. Um, we so- need to cover Baba Yaga on this show, but uh, can you give us a rundown, uh, Baba Yaga, in yeah. like a paragraph? Um, well, she's she's just an evil old woman who um, kidnaps and eats children, and um, does she have a walking house? Possibly, you know, I would have to research. Okay, I need to. Yeah. I feel like I've seen some like lore of like this house with chicken legs, and like yeah, Baba Yaga's house. But I might be crazy, you know. Don't hold me on that. Um, it's also what they call Keanu in um, John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Baba Yaga. Yeah. Keanu. Keanu. He's a national treasure. <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me uh, that Baba Yaga is known as Keanu, like vice versa, <laughs> and I was like, that's where he got the name from. Um, okay, so they see the old hag in Europe. Mm-hmm. We see the hat man here in America. The hat man and shadow people. Um, shadow people are just like shapeless figures. Um, just a silhouette of a person. Can I tell you my story? Yes. I've, I've said this on this show, I'm sure, but it's relevant now, so mm-hmm. I'll repeat it. I was young. I woke up. I used to sleep with my door open and my bed faced right out the door. By the way, side note, I found out later in life that's bad feng shui to sleep like in to front with, of an open door to have your feet pointing out a doorway oh. it like 
sends all of your energy out of the room mm. and you don't want that. You want the room to cultivate the energy. Supposedly my mom got really into feng shui in the nineties and she made every bed in the house not point out a door. I've heard that about mirrors that you shouldn't sleep like facing a mirror because it's bad feng shui. So my, yeah, the, the bad feng shui probably contributed to my visit with the shadow person. <laughs> all the bad feng shui is going on. All my energy is going out of the room. It's the middle of the night and I wake up and I look and in my doorway, I see who in my mind looks like Frankenstein, very boxy, square shoulders, tall, very tall. And I remember just like super flat top head mm. stand. And I thought it was like my dad or something. And I was like, hello, but they didn't say anything. And I was like, there's just a person standing there staring at me. It made me so uncomfortable. And I was like, this is very creepy. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just pulled the blankets up over my head. Uh, but that was the only time I saw, a, a, you know, something like that. And I just chalked it up to like a, a dream or a nightmare. I, and then later in life, I found out about shadow people. And then people tell me, whoops, hit the microphone. Sorry. People tell me it was sleep paralysis. Yeah. But I don't feel like it was, you know. I think it probably was. So something like 30% of people will experience sleep paralysis once in their life. And 8% of people experience it regularly. So it's, it's more rare to have it often, but um, a fair amount of people do get it at least once. I've definitely experienced sleep paralysis proper like three or four times in my life. Really? Yeah, where I'm, Same. Where I'm asleep and I know I'm asleep and I know I'm in my bed and I know I'm dreaming and I wanna wake up and I can't do it mm. and it scares me. I have a consistent one where I see a spider on my ceiling um, and it scares the shit out of me every time. Like I'll, I'll wake up and just see like a gigantic spider and uh, when I was a kid, I would uh, I would wake up on the couch a lot because I would see that spider and I, I would like be half asleep and somehow get into the living room and fall asleep back asleep on the wow. couch. Yeah. Um, but uh, recently I had one. My, my uh, bed is facing a door. Mm. Um, oh, that's bad. So recently I had one. I, I half was uh, I woke up and I saw someone standing in the doorway and I remember just screaming like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? And then I started to wake up more and realize that the door was closed. Like, I thought it was open, but it was just closed. It was just like, I was just seeing my door. I don't know if a spider is worse than shadow people. I think yeah. maybe. Yeah, I hate spiders. It was like a giant me. spider, too. It would like take up the no. whole the whole uh, <laughs> ceiling when I would look up. I also, uh, and we're just going to talk about my issues now, my dream <laughs> issues. Welcome to, Back my, to me. my therapy session. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys have been talking about yourselves for too long. <laughs> make it back to me. Um, I also suffer from night terrors, mm. which is a type of dream, type of nightmare. It's a waking nightmare. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. So, um, not personally, but go. Oh, so I've had these many times in my life, and it's always involves snakes. And the most common one when I was a kid, I'd wake up and I would see a giant snake, just the body, not the head or the tail, but just the body moving in between two pieces of furniture in my room, mm -hmm. slithering. And the body would be big, you know, like that kind of diameter. And I just see it like slithering, like in the corner, just like moving along the bottom of the wall. And it I just start screaming and my parents would come in. I'd be like, there's a giant snake in here. They'd be like, no, there's not. Uh, but then even later on in life as an adult, you know, I would be sharing rooms with the guys from Mega 64. We go on tour or to a convention and they will tell you that, yeah, I have these nightmares that there's snakes in the bed and I'll just like wake up and start screaming because I think there's snakes in the bed. And I just, wow. I don't remember that, but they're just like, yeah, you were screaming last night about snakes. And I was like, sorry, guys. So it's a recurring thing. 
Yeah, yeah. It hasn't happened in a, in a few years, but definitely like all throughout my life, I've had reoccurring nightmares of snake, giant snakes in my room and snakes in my bed with me. Uh, and I don't know why. Obviously, I don't like snakes, but like, why are they showing up in my dreams so often? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. They're night terrors. They suck. They, yeah. They're they're awful. I don't know if it's similar to like um, sleep paralysis because you think sleep paralysis is like your sleep with your eyes open. You <laughs> might be dreaming things, but you, you know you're not sure. Like, yeah. I wonder if this could be a version of sleep paralysis. Well, I don't a know. lot of the sleeping disorders are comorbid. So um, usually like if you have sleep paralysis, it's because you have sleeping issues. And I definitely do. Oh, shit. Um, sleeping I, disorders. Yeah. So I, I don't sleep enough um, and sleep deprivation can cause sleep paralysis and other things. Sleep apnea, um, anxiety, which I also have, <laughs> can contribute. I think everybody in America is realizing at this moment, I don't sleep enough either. Yeah. And I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And problems. Um, what else? What else? What are some of these other like um, sleeping disorders that people might not know about? Yeah. Um, well, sleep apnea, um, that's like when you stop breathing when you're asleep. And that's like probably the most dangerous one um, because you can actually die. Yeah. Um, sleep paralysis itself is pretty harmless. It's just pretty scary. Um, but it can't kill you. Yeah, but it can't kill you as far as... I know. Unless it's coupled <laughs> with sleep apnea, then you're not breathing and you can't move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they don't really know the cause to sleep paralysis, but there are a lot of triggers. Um, stress in your life, anxiety, um, sleeping in an unusual situation, like that story of the first time that it happened to me, I was sleeping mm. somewhere that was not my usual bed. Um, so like disrupting your regular sleep pattern can trigger, trigger it. Um, sleeping in certain positions, like they say that sleeping on your back increases your chances of it happening because you have like more pressure on your chest to breathe. But I heard, I thought sleeping on your back was like the healthiest position to sleep in. That I don't know health wise, but I, I do know that your chances for getting sleep paralysis are worse if you fall asleep on damned your back. Damned if you do and damned mm -hmm. if you don't. Yeah, you'll get less wrinkles sleeping <clears throat> on your back. So there's a benefit. <laughs> I sleep well, on my back. God, oh, yeah. less wrinkles, but the but the old hag is gonna sit on your yeah. chest. It's a trade off. Um, can we talk about the the hellhound, the dog? So that I don't know if it's unique to me. Um, when I was younger, I used to be really into creepy pasta, and I read this story about a demon called Smile Dog. Some of you may remember that. Johnny, story. do you know Smile Dog? Nope, never heard of it. So it was based on an image um, of what I think is a husky, but it, it's like heavily manipulated and it has like human teeth and like. Can I Google Smile Dog right now? Yeah, it you come can, up? yeah, it'll come up. We'll put this on the screen for people at home if they don't yeah. know what Smile Dog is. So I don't know what about this story in particular affected me so much, but it, that character started like appearing in my sleep paralysis episodes. Um, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Jeff yeah. the Killer a little bit. Yeah, I think it was probably influenced by that. It's like uh, if the Joker was a dog. <laughs> Joker dog. Oh, my God. That one, the like actual photo of Smile yeah, Dog? Yeah, the, the one, the red one, that's usually what I would see. It would be red. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll put the red Smile Dog up on yeah. the screen so people know what Veronica's nightmares were made of. 
<laughs> it hasn't happened lately. Um, I haven't had like an evil entity enter my sleep paralysis in a really long time. I think just pure exposure, I kind of, I became bored with it. I was just like done being scared. And that is actually like what cures you is not being scared of it. Not worrying about yeah, it. Yeah, not worrying about it. Having less anxiety mm. about it. And then, yeah, now pretty much it's just annoying to me. I'm like, oh, this is happening again. But I don't really see things anymore. It's like the Freddy Krueger solution. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Freddy Krueger. They say that that's why a lot of Western people see the hat man. Because that's what oh, we associate with. Oh uh, my god! An evil person that can enter our dreams and harm oh us. my god, that might be something too. So to recap the lore, some people out there don't watch horror movies; they don't know anything about Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy Krueger haunts the dreams of his victims. He wears a striped sweater and a fedora hat. Um, you can't kill Freddy Krueger. The only way you can defeat him is to just not be afraid of Freddy Krueger. Just remind yourself that these are just dreams and dreams can't hurt you. Is it? I, I remember in the first one, she has to like take him out of the dream and then like does like home alone traps to him. Uh, she, okay. Now we're going to recap <laughs> the plot of Nightmare on Elm Street. And then Dream Warriors, she's they just got fucked. able to pull his hat off and yeah. then she wakes up and she's holding the hat and she thinks I can bring him into the real world and kill him. But when she tries that, she realizes that she's still dreaming. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, oh, it's just a dream. I just have to turn my back on him. And then he loses power. Oh, okay. I forgot. But then at the end of the movie, she gets, she, she gets trapped again and she's still in a dream. But yeah, so it's crazy that uh, it's wild that the plot of Nightmare on Elm Street coincides with real sleep paralysis. Is a theory, yeah. And that people... In sleep paralysis, see mythical monsters from their culture, and that Freddy Krueger is the modern day dream monster, and we see him in our dreams. Maybe that's the theory. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why the character always wears a hat. I didn't. My my guy didn't. My shadow person didn't have a hat. So. So I have seen the Hat Man uh, one time. Um. He was a little different from the one that's like commonly depicted online. Um, this one had hair. So I remember what was happening this time too. It was right around my birthday. I was probably like 12 or 13 and there were balloons like all over my ground in my bedroom. Um, and I woke up, knew it was sleep paralysis, but at this point, like I was still like seeing evil shit all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I saw this guy in my doorway and he had the big hat. But he also had this wild, like, fluffy hair, like, um, this big, curly hair, like, coming out from underneath the hat. Hmm. Kind of like Slash. And, um... Slash Man. Yeah, and this episode was really crazy because, like, at the moment that I saw him, I was, like, jolted awake because one of the balloons popped. One of the balloons that was, like, in my bedroom. And oh. So that one really freaked me out. Because that was it, that's kind of getting into the paranormal territory. Like, why did that happen at that exact moment? That is interesting. But uh, though I find with the nature of dreams is that you always wake up somehow at this like most pivotal moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you never just wake up at a boring moment in your dream. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's walk to the store, and I went outside. No, oh, I'm awake. It's like no, we go outside, and then a car explodes. I'm awake. <laughs> You know, the dream always ends on this like big definitive, like jolting moment. Mm -hmm. I found a as a kid, because I used to dream a lot as a kid, not so much as an adult mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but uh, I my, do. 
my dreams always ended just on this or they would coincide with my alarm going off, you yeah. know, some big pivotal moment. And I would, you know, it makes you think of the nature of dreams. Mm-hmm. Do you have this dream in the middle of the night and it's just recycling, replaying in your head. And then when you wake up, it just like jumps to the end and it weirdly coincides. Or does the dream magically somehow it's timed perfectly where you're dreaming in real time. And then and I then guess I don't know. Ends at that moment you wake up and it just happens to always be at some random crazy moment. I don't know. I always dream that my teeth are falling out. That's a common. Yeah. yeah that's a yeah. common nightmare. That and uh, being back in school. Uh, mm-hmm. For a while, I was trying to lucid dream. Um, and uh, my teeth falling out would be a trigger because I would realize like, oh, I'm dreaming. But whenever that would happen, uh, it would scare the shit out of me because like in my dream, an alarm would go off. Yeah. And then like everyone that was in my dream would just look at me. And then I'd immediately wake up. wake up. Yeah, it was always horrific. Dreams make me think about how strange, uh, like it kind of plays with our sense of time because a dream is not actually happening in real real time. Yeah. But you experience it in a linear fashion. Like dreams, sometimes they go on for a long time. You explore mm-hmm. a house or sometimes you explore a whole town. It could feel like you're there for days or months. Yeah. But the dream is like a false memory. So it... You know, I would assume that it just enters your brain <laughs> like that, like a flash. Mm-hmm. And then you're just sleeping and unpacking it for what seems like however mad. It's just strange to me that like, you know, this, I don't know, this thought could enter your mind and then you spend what could be months or years uh, living it in your head. I've always felt like dreams were your brain kind of going through the motions because uh, I've had moments where like. We all have it like the deja vu where like you feel like you've dreamt this before. Mm -hmm. Like I I always feel like your brain just going through a lot of like what could actually happen in real life and, uh, you know, mixed with, you know, outlandish things. But I I have that deja vu thing happen a lot and it it always kind of freaks me out. Uh, You have you often have a sense of deja vu. Yes. Like I'll be like, I dreamt this before, like all the time. And it's such a strange sensation like. Uh, it happened recently. I can't remember the specific moment, but yeah, it happens to me all the time. I don't think I've ever had a sense of deja vu. Really? Yeah. Fuck. I'll be like, we'll, like we'll be hanging out or something. I'll look at my phone and I'll be like, be like oh, I dreamt this before. And it's really scary. <laughs> what is your take on deja vu? Um, I don't know that I've ever had deja vu in a dream. Mm. I know that we we don't experience time normally. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned lucid dreaming and you probably yeah. already know this, but um, so one way that people try to train themselves to lucid dream is a, a thing called reality checks. Yes, and, um, so, I do them all the time. Yeah, so you actually can't tell time in your yeah. dream. Um, I learned this from an episode of Batman, the animated series. <laughs> there was a, nice. an episode on sleep. Yeah, there and is. you can't you can't tell time in a dream. And if you try and like look at your phone clock, it'll show a different time every time you look at it. Mm. So that's one way to tell if you're dreaming. Um, and likewise, like the passage of time, it doesn't make sense. Uh, you, you can't really like you don't know how much time has passed. Yeah, that's why it's kind of scary when you're in sleep paralysis. You're like, I don't know if it's been 20 minutes or two hours and is this ever going to end. That's like the worst part about it, I think, is not experiencing time normally uh the a big reality check that always freaks me out is um when you count your fingers in a dream you'll always have more fingers <laughs> what yeah 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 so like uh, a lot of people this is what i do i just constantly do this to just see like 
if I'm dreaming or not. Oh, wow. That one I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. That's that or trying to read in your dream you can't read. Yeah, you can't read. Yeah. Um, another interesting one is light switches. Try and turn a light on in your dream. The light, either it the switch doesn't do anything or there will be a delay. Yeah. I don't have the types of dreams <laughs> where I can count my fingers or turn on light switches. Yeah. Well, you have to train yourself. Yeah, to yeah. Like that. My dreams, they always just feel like wild things are happening to me. Yeah. Uh, and there ain't no fucking light switch nearby <laughs> for me to flip on and off. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel like people have very theatrical dreams where things make sense, kind of. They're kind of like grounded in reality. Yeah. But my dreams are oftentimes just nonsensical. My dreams, um, so, you know, obviously I do this show and I'm fascinated with like paranormal and just like fringe stuff. And I was at the swap meet once and I found this old magazine from the thirties and it was like a dream interpretation book. And it talked about how some dreams should be disregarded, that they're just stupid bullshit dreams. Mm -hmm. Like your brain is just cleaning itself out, getting rid of like memories and information it doesn't need. But other dreams should be regarded as like significant psychic premonitions. Hmm. And the pamphlet from the 30s goes on to say that the only way to tell is to trust like your own intuition. Hmm. That you will have dreams that seem significant, that seem deeper. um, And they don't seem like frivolous dreams. They seem like. I don't know, the universe is trying to tell you something. Like or, a sign. A yeah. sign. Or maybe to put it into a modern text, maybe certain dreams are deep, like under the surface thoughts that you can't address in your conscious life. And in your dream, you can finally face a truth that you've been avoiding or maybe an intuition. And you can know things that you shouldn't know, like have yeah. have knowledge on events that you shouldn't have knowledge on because you're trusting this intuition in your dream state that's happened to me i should say i've had dreams of things that happened that i later found out did happen and i was confused and surprised like i dreamed that happened and and you're t- and then i talked to the person was like you told me that happened and it happened exactly how i dreamed it and this would be like months later and i would just think like did i have a feeling did i have a hunch was i like have an intuition or a worry that my dream was playing on you know i don't want to lean into like somehow i had some psychic remote viewing events, but maybe, who knows, Maybe you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like to think that there is some sort of unconscious collective um, that we can tap into just as humans, as a society, because I think about animals and their instincts and how they know how to do certain things and it's just hardwired into their brains, like into their DNA. And I feel like there has to be an element of that in humanity, like a common thread that unites us all and like a like a common subconscious. And that might be why we experience similar things in dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that premonitions and psychic powers, I don't know, maybe it's possible. I think okay. it, maybe. Okay. You know, Carl Jung talks about the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm going to bring up Carl Jung. <laughs> For all you nerds out there. Uh, and his idea is kind of what you're saying. Like thoughts have, they're they're like little bursts of energy. And like your brain is this beacon. Mm-hmm. And even though you think it's all internalized, on some level, some energy is like being released out there. Mm-hmm. We're all firing off. And we're all firing off. And so we're all blasting this energy out. And we're beacons. So we're all like receiving other people's energy too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this could be the collective unconscious. Just mm-hmm. like this 
untappable matrix of thought energy that's out there somehow. And he goes on to say that within this collective unconscious is where we get archetypes from. Mm. Characters that like every person has uh, a person like that in their life or like, I don't know, thoughts like this in their life. Things that transcend all cultures that every uh, every person can relate to. Mm. And maybe these uh, shadow people. Yeah. Are some of those archetypes. Some of the darker ones. Mm. Oh, I mean, in a, like a subatomic level, there's no barrier. Like we're all connected, you know? Like our atoms, there's no like me and you on a subatomic level. It's, you know, it's all connected. Like my, yeah. atoms, are, my atoms are hitting your atoms. <laughs> now let's get metaphysical with it. Yeah, because I did, uh, I was reading this book called The Field and it yeah. talked about how like even when you look into the deepest, most empty parts of space where it's a vacuum, where there should be nothing, mm -hmm. there's always a baseline level of energy. Yeah. This background like static noise that is present always, that never goes away, that permeates everything. And they go on to say like this energy, it's in you, it's in me, like it links all of us like a mist that mm -hmm. just like is emanating off of us that like connects everything in the universe. So where's, what's it all mean? I, I don't, don't know. know. What's, I don't fucking know. My mind, my brain is fried right we're, now. Yeah, we're opening the third eye of every viewer right now. I feel now. like I just did ayahuasca <laughs> or something. Dreams are crazy. There's so much that we don't know about it and the unconscious and instincts and premonitions. Um, I had a, a, a strange experience one time. It wasn't necessarily a premonition, but I told mm -hmm. you the story. Um, I kept having this reoccurring dream that I was getting ready for school in the house that I grew up in. And everything was just like in a state of disrepair and there was no lights, I couldn't see, there was clutter everywhere, the shower was like dirty, hadn't been used in years and everything looked just like not usable. And I was panicking, thinking how am I gonna get ready for school and I need help and I don't know, this dream really affected me in a silly way because it just seems like not that significant but I would wake up panicking and like that light's on a battery. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, and so I told my mom that I was having this dream and she was like, uh-oh, I know the problem. And I was like, what? And she told me that she had been using that bathroom, my childhood bathroom, as storage. And it was in somewhat of a state of disrepair. And um, like mm. the shower wasn't functional. And so... Um, I don't want to say like somehow in my subconscious I knew that that was happening, but it is a very strange coincidence. And so she said she was going to light a candle in there and take out all the clutter. And um, yeah, the dreams stopped after she did that. So it sounds like you have some latent psychic ability. Possibly. You're like an empath, <laughs> an indigo child, you know. As the human race continues over millions of years, we're evolving and the next evolution is our psychic ability. And some people are already there. Could be you. Could be you. <laughs> That's what I'm gathering from these stories. Um, Veronica, it's been a great conversation about dreams. I'm oh, almost yeah. scared to ask if, if there's more. <laughs> but I, I feel like we've kind of yeah. covered it mm -hmm. with uh, sleep paralysis. And, you know, my question is, you're a psychologist. Got a degree. You took this dream class. What? What do you think is like um, the the biggest like mystery about dreams that that I don't know? What's 
I guess I'm trying to what I'm trying to formulate my thoughts here. You know, there's so many there are so many things we don't understand about dreams. Mm -hmm. And then you have like investigated it from this academic Mm -hmm. place. And I guess my question is like. How academic can you even get with dreams? They seem like they're very mysterious in nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is this is my question, like. In the world of academics, like what do we know about dreams? Like what have we yeah. discovered? And where is that the threshold between like what we know and like where the mystery begins? Well, the problem is we can't see other people's dreams, right? So mm. it's not observable and hard to study mm-hmm. because we don't know exactly what's happening in, in other people's minds. I'm excited for the day that we can like project our dreams onto a screen. That's going to be really cool. You think that'll happen someday? I, they kind of have... Um, they have something similar, like you can like analyze a person's brain waves and kind of figure out like what's going on hmm. or like brain mapping and you can kind of piece together what's going on. But I think technology will get there one day. Um, like we have the metaverse and um, all this technology and people trying to preserve their minds uh, beyond the grave and uploading their physical mind to the cloud or whatever. Wow. <laughs> so what you you just blew my mind. People are trying to extend their life by uploading their consciousness to a computer. And possibly when they do that, we will be able to explore their dreams. Yeah. And thoughts and Elon what they Musk see. Elon Musk was trying to do something like that. Um, there was like a, a Neuralink or a chip or something that he was working on. I don't know the details of it exactly, but it was something like that, that you could upload your consciousness mm, and then yeah. you don't need your physical body. I think he gave that to Grimes or something. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm here for it. Can, uh, so, so um, we can't see other people's dreams. Maybe someday we can. Mm-hmm. It makes it hard to study. So that's where we are now, I guess, looking into the future. Like mm-hmm. maybe with um, the invention of new technologies, we can finally start unlocking some of these mysteries of sleep paralysis and dreams and archetypes and the things that people see in their dreams. Well, that would be, uh, I don't know if I would want that, actually. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go into other people's dreams. I'm afraid I'm of down. I'm afraid of my, you know, what if, Johnny? What? You go into somebody's dream, you see yourself there? I'm already scared. Yeah. What is that version of me about to do? <laughs> I don't want to know. You can fuck with the people, though. You could be like, you're dreaming, and then... Like that episode of Spongebob, where yeah. he goes in all the people's dreams and like messes with them, and then they're all mad. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is actually comforting. SpongeBob could do it and he'd get away with it. Maybe there's hope for all of us. Uh, Veronica, thank you for coming uh, onto the show today. This was very fascinating. I think we're going to have to have you back because you said you have other topics, too, that we haven't even scratched the surface of. I didn't even like open my paperwork here, but whoa. There's more. We got we got <laughs> sleep paralysis part two that we could come back to. Uh-huh. Uh, we would love to talk to you again. Uh, everybody check out Veronica on Instagram. Veronica with a K, Tokyo Black with a Q. Yes. <laughs> Veronica Tokyo Black. I'll put all the links in the description. Uh, we'll make sure everything's on screen as well. Gucci Baby on SoundCloud and uh, and uh, a great correspondent for, for the Make Strange podcast. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long time fan. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you for See coming on. Episode. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hey, everybody. We're back here. Thanks again to Veronica for joining us. That was awesome. That was great. We learned a lot in that uh, conversation. You know what? I think I might get a tattoo now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, dude.
Uh, the per- the person who leaves the best comment on this episode gets to choose what the tattoo is. Oh, I was gonna say their avatar, but yeah, oh yeah, we'll do that too. Choose it. Uh, we have a couple. Um, I mean, we have a whole box here of Metazoo cards, and we've been enjoying opening up a pack every episode. And I say we get to it. Okay. We think these things are going to be uh, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars someday. And uh, I remember the trick this time: two to the front, two to the front. We're gonna we're gonna find the Black Lotus card yeah. of Metazoo. We're gonna unveil it right now. Uh, I'm peeling this open. Hey, if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and set notifications on on YouTube. New episodes every Saturday. Follow us on Instagram. I am at Derek Acosta only. I'm Catboy underscore Slim. Yes, and follow the show at Make a Strange Podcast on Instagram. On Twitter, Make a Strange 666. Okay, so. To the front? Do you want to do the trick? Move two from the back to the front? Yeah. The last car will be the rare. Like that? Yeah. One more. There you go. Well, okay, so, all so, right. So now the last card is going to be the rare. Okay, so we have a winter card, uh, winter mana. Can people see this here? Earth Aura. Cactus Cat. Oh. Kind of like Cactus Jack. Bang, bang. Uh, fireball. Past Trap. Old Green Eyes. We've got this guy before. That's cool, though. He's as scary as ever. Funeral Mountain Terror Shot. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what this is, but it looks like a cow ran underneath a coffin and picked up the coffin and ran off with the coffin. Grandma's coffin running away on the back of a cow. Don't film me. Oh. Don't film me. Okay. <laughs> Hoop snake. The tire. This is cool. It's like the uh, the Viking snake that eats its own tail, you know, wrapped around the, the whole Ouroboros. world. Yeah. If you played God of War 4, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, Jackalope. Power up green. I wish I knew how to play this game. Okay, here it comes. Are you ready? Yep. Da, 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 da. Whoa, what blood is that? Blood ruby. We got the blood ruby. We got the blood ruby, blood diamond. All right. The blood, the blood diamond. Yeah, I hope, uh, you know, humans weren't exploited um, getting this blood ruby. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, MetaZoo. Check it out. Thanks for uh, watching, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode. Stay strange. Good night.